Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pact, while Bo's least chill work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Cine DA chapters 14.7 and 14.8. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know whether Sylvia is a good mom and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read Pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers to the chapters we are covering. Okay, this is really stupid, but like, Perfect. <laughs> for some reason, I feel like the last couple times I've heard you say like CNADA, it just makes me think of like how like some parts of Mass or like like that part of monty python where they're like bonus requiem and then they're like (laughs) smashing their face into the book um yep really good i I thought you were gonna finish the whole thing and then make like a thud sound (laughs) do it do it. On a day's requiem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you for that. Um, perfect segue into the summary for this episode. Um, <laughs> Corvidae chucks a mirror and Rose pulls out a bunch of hair. Mara kills and runs. Blake pursues her around the forest and trusts his instincts. Blake overcomes Mara and Corvidae's trickery. Mara is bound and everyone burns her house down. Woo! Woo! Blake and Rose have an important conversation. Mara is interrogated with the forest working as a lie detector. What do you think of these chapters, Malia? Um, they were exciting. I just, it's packed just so fast. Um, and I think like as we're reaching the end, it's getting faster. Like we dealt with Mara in like four chapters. Um, and she must feel really stupid. <laughs> Well, I mean, they double the dragon in two. Like, it's just like, we're like, bam, 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 bam. And it's fun and exciting. And it's like, you know, I'm not sure where we're going to end up next, which is cool. But just thinking about like, like, we finally got a chill break moment, which I really loved. But it's like half a chapter. And like, that's really fun. Um, because like, you know, in Pale, there's like arcs where we're kind of rebuilding and regrouping and like, you know, um, and here it's literally like, all right, we got 15 minutes. Like, <laughs> let's hang out. And um, I love that. I mean, it just, it's, yeah, it's something people say about Pact, but I'm really feeling it right now. Um, mm-hmm. This also feels like, especially 14.8 feels like a really significant chapter. And I feel unsure if I've pulled out all of the significance, but it's, I don't know. It you was know like hard That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it and it makes me really worried. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll start with uh, Corvidae checking a mirror and Rose pulling out a bunch of her hair. Um, I wrote in my notes, hey, I'm going to help you up by making you stronger, lol. And that made me think of like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, which uh, was fun. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, that's Corvidae. Um, and it's just great that he's like, like, it would make her stronger to... I mean, maybe. I don't know if, like, she'd become totally possessed by conquest or what exactly would happen, but um, presumably it could make her stronger 
defeat Mara. <laughs> and I like that Rose uses sympathetic practice here. Um, we saw Blake get really good at sympathetic practice. And um, I guess there's a chance, thinking back on it, that Rose didn't do this because she couldn't fucking practice. Whereas Blake was doing it in the mirror world because he could. Um, but it was pretty smart. Yeah. Um, and it just, I don't know, it reminded me of Blake in a way that I liked. Um, it does make me think, though, like, you know, how much of her hair did she need to yank out? And did she really <laughs> need to yank it from the root? Like, could she have just, like, ripped some of her hair, like, not out of her scalp, but just, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like a lot of um, people with long hair pass their hand through their hair and, like, little hairs come out. But I think she just was like, oh, fuck, and, like, needed to make sure that... I mean, that's fair. Yeah. She got some. And if her hair is not really super, super long anyway, might be harder to break it without, like, pulling from the root anyhow. Right. But And a weird thing, when I had short hair, I didn't shed as much. Um, And that's probably not true, but, like... I just didn't notice it because it's shorter. Yeah. But, like, I wouldn't... Especially in the shower... um, Basically, every time I wash my hair, I come away with just, like, clumps of <laughs> hair between my fingers. Um, mm-hmm. But when I had short hair, that wasn't a thing. Um, That's why, like, you'll see, it, if you forget to take care of it, at least after a shower, if you take a shower after someone with long hair, you might see random strands on the wall. <laughs> I have so many strands. I bought this thing, um, trying to be, like, a cleaner adult or whatever, that is stuck to the wall in my shower and it has these like i don't know if silicone's the right word it has these it's kind of like two comb combs two combs that are uh facing each other and they're kind of like silicone-y so mm-hmm. i if i run my fingers between them it, it catches some of the hair what Th- there's a gadget for that yeah um and so i try to i mean i still tend to rub hair on the wall to get it off my fingers but then i try to like collect it and like run a clump of it through there i never Um, even thought about looking up a gadget for that i just try to remember to like you know clean off later but right because it it stops it from like or it it helps prevent it from falling down into the bottom and getting sucked into the drain and stuff and then also later when it's dry i can come back and take it out of there and throw it away and it's it's great it's fucking wild i did not realize there was a thing for that Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean i'm sure a lot of you guys didn't realize that that was a thing necessarily <laughs> or at least have been like oh that's why there's fucking long hair uh yeah because it gets stuck to your body because it's yeah. yeah it's a pain and in the ass mom in particular would get really frustrated by my always leaving hair on the wall and yeah. so well she's had short hair for a long time too so she probably forgets yeah. the struggle but i mean it is anyway i mean yeah, yeah it's kind of gross it's kind of so. gross um anyway long hair yeah <laughs> long hair so rose is kind of a badass and yeah that probably fucking hurt just got a little bald spot probably now <laughs> hopefully not too big of one yeah, this also reminds me of a story someone told me once where uh uh they were it was this guy and his friend and his friend um who's also a guy was going through cancer treatment and um they're like teenagers or whatever but they would do this like I guess it's kind of a prank where they would like, you know, pretend to annoy him or whatever in public places um, and like pretend to piss him off. And he would be like, God, you're good. Like he'd just get like really angry and he'd like 
put his hands up to his head and like you know rip a whole bunch of hair out because he's going through chemo so it just was falling out anyway but it would look like he had just pulled like shit tons of hair like out oh, of his head out of wow. anger to like so, make strangers be like what the fuck? it's a good way to make sure you guys are able to sit down on public transportation you know everyone's gonna get the fuck away from you <laughs> this guy's unhinged <laughs> yeah it just it makes me happy <laughs> you that's just, like have thought about months. yeah oh that's just i mean yeah that's pretty funny yeah i mean because it probably wouldn't be like a whole patch you know just whatever you get between your fingers but just like imagine being so just committed to just being able to do that joke that like <laughs> you do that go home you're like yeah my hair looks fucking crazy except like some random bald patches but i can't shave it because i gotta do this prank gonna again. Be able to do this again <laughs> yeah I gotta do it again. It's <laughs> uh, so uh, funny. Um, I also had this fun image of like, like Blake describes like the mirror is like arcing through the air and like the clouds part. Like there's like this like light like kind of shining down somehow like onto the mirror <laughs> as though conquest is just like yes <laughs> right. <laughs> And then I imagine, like, as he's, like, slowed down and being like, no! Like, <laughs> just, I don't know, it made me really happy to imagine him just, like, trapped in there being like, yes! No! <laughs> no! So I just, God, so good. That's funny. That's pretty good. Um, And, yeah, Corbin is like, I was helping! And Tiff's like, okay, just, just, you're like, done. Don't. Like, we're turning you off now. Like stuff. <laughs> um, which is a really fun way to like quickly I mean like not completely resolve that, right? Like the the fact that the mirror is like lying on the ground somewhere is still a concern throughout this chapter. Um, but basically like conquest, just kidding. <laughs> like <laughs> Juke. <laughs> so fun. Um and yeah. The the Bahamas are sort of being like, oh, Mara, she's fucking scary. Like, we were always told to, like, not go back here, blah, blah, blah. And then one of them is just sort of like, yeah, and, like, if you're ever back there, just wait till you hear the bell and, like, follow it. And now that I'm saying it out loud, I guess maybe, like, Jacob's bell, bell, like, listen mm. for the, the church bell or whatever and follow it. But it sounded like there was some sort of, like, bell in the woods that would, like, guide the Bahame children home. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> but cool yeah i'm gonna go with the first one probably yeah um this morning i uh my cat is very cute and to emotionally manipulate us she like flops down um for pets and basically if she does that like we have to like make a big deal and pet her a bunch because she's too cute and it's the compact or the whatever and so uh this morning she was like really trying to get ben's attention in particular <laughs> and so she flopped over and i was like ask not for who the cat flop she flopped for the <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> um that's funny. but yeah so bells you know we all it's a circle it's a circle well um mara murders somebody and runs off um blake chases her around trusting his instincts to find her yeah um this was fucking scary um it i just wonder how much she like knows because she's like okay that guy is 
kind of close to death. So I'm going to, you know, attack him. And my word is just going to, like, set off his heart and he will die. And, like, that's insane. Um, It made me happy that the knights were here. But this part, you know, was really sad. Yeah, that was a bummer. Um, Yeah. Also, before she actually kills Teddy, she's like, I'm going to kill all of you and then bind your souls to your bodies so you experience, like, decay and death forever. Be like, fuck you, dude. It's like, wow, uh why like they're just here to ask you if you're trying to destroy the town like let them leave like like well you know what uh decay only lasts for a certain amount of time and you eventually get like you know your everything gets like eaten or you know given back to the earth so you actually you know whatever you're gonna be a part of the earth and like maybe travel around and so checkmate yeah, it'll be it'll be great for me. <laughs> yeah, I bet you didn't think of that, Mara. I wonder if your consciousness would split into a bunch of different parts. Uh, that'd be pretty trippy. Yeah. Um, and then it's funny too because she's like, "Oh, except you, Rose. Like, I'll let you die because you're gonna go to hell." And that's funny. And like, <laughs> <laughs> like fuck you. And that's that's funny. Um, it also just occurred to me because I was like, you know, why didn't she just like scare them off and let them leave or whatever? Because it seems like, you know, at one point they're all like, can we just go? And I I'm right now I'm thinking it's because she was stalling for time so that Johannes can like destroy the town. Um, hmm. Because otherwise, I mean, that and she thinks that Grandma Rose is trying to do something to save everyone or something so she needs to kill the thorburns but like and but yeah so she tells teddy to die and he starts to and she runs away and pulls a legolas which is fun um it's like running on top of the snow and green eyes is a badass and also can like go as fast as her which is so awesome um and blake's like trying to fly and rose is like giving instructions and trying to tell people you know what's up and it's interesting that she seems to be like the most competent and knowledgeable practitioner um because there's like behames here who've been studying for like years and years Mm -hmm. and like i guess it's like this is kind of her show this is you know they're following her i think she's really sharp and she's i mean i'm sure the behames have a lot of family knowledge and books and things but like so does rose Right, and she's had a reason to like really intensely study this stuff, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, she's the one who's kind of saying, okay, like she's probably trying to like kill three of us, and then she'll be able to like kill anyone, even if blah blah blah. So like, don't let her touch you, and like mm-hmm. just kind of figuring out how she works really quickly. Um, yeah, is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah uh and again because blake's again thinks of like you know mara's a survivor more than like a fighter like she's not she's trying to like keep them at bay and like push them off and then like use her power over whatever in the opportune moments and stuff um and yeah uh but she does hate them all i guess or something so i don't know she has Uh, a lot of hate yes um blake also has some good deductions and reasoning here and realizes like you know the birds 
are only attacking uh, stuff that they notice, right? So they're attacking like light and they're attacking noise. So if everyone just like stays still, um, the birds will stop attacking them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so everyone kind of does this except for he can hear some footsteps and he's like, oh, Mara, um, and decides to like play Marco Polo or something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a good description like Mara then, not Mara not Mara like, <laughs> and I was like why are you sc-? I mean I guess like them telling Blake please don't stab me is really important um but it was it was pretty funny um Green Eyes is kind of like yeah I don't I don't smell her like she's not here and he realizes that like it's just um Peter and Roxy sneaking off um and yes, Green Eyes to like, you know, keep an eye on them and stuff. Um, but it was, yeah, kind of a funny <laughs> thing where I was like, what is that? That's pretty funny. <laughs> Man, I haven't played Marco Polo in such a long time. It's been a long time. Marco Polo is a great game. And like, I wouldn't cheat. Um, you can't cheat. I know. I, mean, I, I know feel like cheat, I definitely but... know some people who would when they were, you know, the Marco or whatever. And like, that's just lame. Um, that's so lame. Like, if you're a really little kid and you're playing with adults or whatever, fine. But, like, not being able to see is the whole point. Like, don't fucking open your eyes. Yeah. Like, don't be lame. Try not to crash into the wall or whatever. <laughs> I always felt like I was really cool when I was, like, I guess, polo and could, like, slip right through, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. And then they'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was a great game. Yeah, it's definitely more fun being polo, um, but... Being the market I wonder how universal this game is and how long. confusing we're being right now. <laughs> should we explain or should we just let's just leave it, you know? Cool. And then they can because it's funny and uh learn about like, American culture. <laughs> we can we can explain more later. It it's a game in the pool. That's what we'll say. Yep. It's very simple, but it's fun. fun. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Blake overcomes Mara and Corvide's trickery. Mara is bound and everyone burns her house down. Um, so Blake kind of realizes at some point that she's heading for Corviday, and I'm not sure exactly when he puts it together that, like, she wants to kill him so that she can have, like, a second kill in her rule of three pretty quickly. Um, and so he decides to trust his instincts, hashtag high priestess, and, uh, so they're kind of, like, going and trying to find her. Um, Blake comments on the fact that he and Evan are like the two best people to try to go after her because like uh, Evan is dead <laughs> and Blake is not alive? Question. He's like, yeah, I have no heart with which to suffer a heart attack. And like, when did he lose it? Because he explicitly put his heart in his new body. But I guess he has been like stabbed and crunched a whole bunch. So probably maybe it's gone. Impacts the integrity of the heart. <laughs> Yeah. If you're kind of yeah. like that scene in a uh, rat race. Nope. Where... No? I don't think I've seen it. You haven't seen it? Yeah. Like it's a movie where, um, what is it? A bunch of branded people like, uh, in Las Vegas are told like, okay, if you get to this one locker and like, I forgot where it was like New Mexico. Or, I, don't, I don't remember. If you uh-huh. get to this one locker at this one random train station there, it has like a million dollars go (laughs) so they're all like what and so they all like race to get there and um basically (laughs) i think one of the guys ends up like kind of bumbling his way and 
across you know the state lines and all that and he ends up getting into this uh ambulance that's supposed to be transporting like uh, a heart <laughs> and the heart like you know and comedic fashion like gets out of the like no! falls out of the cooler <laughs> and gets like all fucked up in no! a bunch of different ways yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that's awful it is awful but i i think that's a remake of it's a mad 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 world which i think i've seen um but yeah really i haven't heard that yeah that. it's an older movie um i had a my high school boyfriend um um his mom was really into old movies and they had a family movie night every week and i was invited to it um and so i'm pretty sure we watched it during one of them um yeah uh it has spencer tracy and some other people oh mickey rooney's in it interesting Um, okay but yeah it's like it's the same sort of thing where uh these people are told that there's a hidden stash of loot and so they all try to like beat each other to it okay um, yeah it sounds pretty similar yeah well maybe we should each watch one of those i don't know we should watch those movies yeah they're fun anyway yeah um but yeah so then he's like oh fuck is she after the mirror and you know that he's like ah but then like in a dramatic fashion he enters a clearing or something and there's like some light that's starting to peek through because she's made time go again and um you know, right in the center of it is her and she has Alexis, which is scary and bad. Um, and there's a circle of blood and black feathers all around or whatever. And Mara's like, don't fucking talk, bitch, to Alexis. And Mara's like, great, kill her or kill yourself. Doesn't matter to me. Like, pick one. <laughs> <laughs> and Blake's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to kill me, I guess. Um, <laughs> And so he goes to grab the hyena and i don't really know if he was like gonna just be done and stab himself or what (laughs) but um while he has his back turned mara like quote unquote kills alexis or whatever and Mm -hmm. um yeah so this was really fucking rude the whole like the last thing she saw was you turning your back on her i'd be like like, fuck you man right like that's god damn it like that's mean um and she's had many years to practice being a great a asshole right and i i wasn't totally sure that alexis was dead here because i was like i'm pretty sure that they need like a bigger conversation between the two of them but you never really know right like crazy stuff happens and so i wasn't totally distraught but i was you know i was worried um yeah but then he so blake is like can't let this bitch get away and tries to like make a circle around her circle with his wings and uh he's like uh it's like my wings are too small so i have to rip one of them off (laughs) so he rips one off and holds it out (laughs) which is really good and he's staring down and he's like huh feathers and stuff maybe that bird is important and (laughs) i don't know why exactly uh but the bird's important and so Mara tries to move, but he gets her and he holds the hyena to her throat and he's like, I hate you. Like, I won, except everything sucks because Alexis is dead. Um, and also I'm confused. <laughs> like, why did she kill Cor- Corviday? Like, what is going on? Like, bleh. Um, and he realizes, oh, she killed him because he was bound. And so 
she could just bring him back and he wouldn't be bound anymore. And in that moment, he just sort of stabs at nothing. And has great aim. <laughs> it's really good aim. <laughs> and saves Evan. Woo! Yay! Yay! Because um, Corbinet had Latita's glamour. And I guess this is like by forever Corbinet or something. Or at least by for a long time. Because, you know. Because it's the hyena. and it's the hyena. You know. And that's kind of. Can't really come back from that too well. Right. Or like, at least, you know, that's what, that's the rule so far. That that's, it's like, oh, that's what, okay. It's like being bail fired. Um, brief Wheel of Time spoilers. Um, there's this magic in the Wheel of Time called bail fire that kills you so much <laughs> that you're killed slightly back in time. Um, oh, damn. <laughs> so the idea is that the, it's like the, they have a big thing about like the pattern and it's all like weaving and thread and stuff so people like lives are like threads so the idea is that balefire like burns your thread back even a little bit farther than than when you got like than the time you got yeah Um, okay one time somebody gets so fucking balefired that like it was as though they had died like 10 minutes before or something so a whole bunch of people that they killed like weren't dead um oh that's cool yeah but also it like makes the universe fall apart so oh, you shouldn't that's bad. use it. Um, but so so the 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 bad guy, the dark one, can uh, reincarnate his whoever he wants, basically. Um, like put their souls in new bodies. But if they're killed with balefire, then they were killed like prior to right now, and so he can't like grab their soul to stick it somewhere else. Mm. Um, so Balefire equals actually fucking dead in the Wheel of Time. And I feel like the hyena so far means dead. Like actually fucking dead. Actually dead. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, And I'm wondering if that will be. If uh, that's legit. Undermined. But hmm. it's a nice kind of like, don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. Um, But so Blake realizes that this is the second time where a quote unquote ally. um has looked like a friend and like been bound in a circle um and has betrayed them him whatever uh because like podrick had helped blake in toronto and stuff so i guess he counts as an ally um and then corbidae was you know bound to help them um and so uh blake is like this will happen again and it will be worse (laughs) that's fun that's great (laughs) Perfect. Love those patterns. <laughs> yep. <laughs> be great. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, uh, the rule of three would be like, oh, he saw through it these two times, and so the next time he won't, or, you know, and it'll mm-hmm. fuck everyone up. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, Peter and Roxanne put their matches and alcohol to good use and set a house on fire. <laughs> Which I bet you never thought you would say. <laughs> With them putting it to good use. Yes. Yeah, I'm really proud of them. I don't know. These Thorburn kids are all right. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. I don't know. I have so much faith in them. They're gonna, they're gonna make it through this. And they're gonna get Man, better. just like the the pale reader in you, it's just like, <laughs> just so. <laughs> it's just so funny. Peter's like Roxanne, like look at that. The other threats that you should turn those matches on, and then she did it. Like. It's even, it's just, it's just funny. Like, it's even like the, 
the the discussion in Discord from like the last episode, um, <laughs> just being like, oh, like the hag discussion was so great because looking at Malia and how, you know, she met Albie first and just all her optimism and yada yada yada. Whereas <laughs> the other way around, we were all like, oh, I don't know about this Albie hag thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, just funny that pale pale optimism. <sighs> well. Uh, Blake and Rose end up having an important conversation where Blake forfeits. Um, Blake gets 15 minutes to think about how nice the sun is um, and hang out with Evan. Um, and it's really good and sad. Um, and he notices, you know, like Rose is holding her mirror, watching the knights and Bahames bind Mara and the satyr and Manette are like probably getting fucking drunk um peter and roxy and green eyes are all off like celebrating the bonfire (laughs) um and it's just nice um and so rose like sees blake and is kind of like okay i should talk to him and starts heading over and he lets her you know start off but then still meets her halfway because he isn't heavy or whatever um and so they you know they've met each other in the middle um and she is like, yeah, you're really scary and I'm afraid when I'm around you all the time. And Blake's like, I don't feel fear. Blake's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. like, well, that sounds convenient. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, she sees, oh, like, your wing is broken. Like, can you fix it? And Blake's like, yeah, but I need someone to, like, hold it. And Evan's like, why don't you ask me? And it's like, Evan, you don't have hands. Like, you are a lot stronger than you look but not that strong um and so rose just you know takes it and blake's a little hesitant but he lets her do it and then you know she is like kind of freaked out by all the wood moving but it was really sweet and nice um yeah this has been like the nicest interaction between them like i think yeah like maybe ever (laughs) maybe ever yeah uh definitely since like arc one um blake had a lot of good moments with Rose, but I think this is one of the kindest Rose has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, "No, you're like you're scary because I can't predict you. Like every time I see you, you're like something different, and you keep surpassing all of these like like boundaries and obstacles and overcoming all these things. And like you have fucking wings now. And like how can I? Like what even are you Prepare. gonna do? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And you know her memories of Blake are." scary tree man who's supposed to like murder her to take over her life um not all the good shit blake did and like yeah stuff and the ways he tried to like help her out and stuff when he was um the one outside of the mirror um yeah and so yeah considering that this seems to be a really big step but then you learn like it's not necessarily for blake Mm -hmm. um which is kind of a bummer but also not really surprising yeah and she still is trying and she's still Mm -hmm. like i think thinking i want to break this pattern slash show my fiance that his life isn't gonna suck so i'm you know like i i want to show him that i'm not going to treat him this way by not treating you this way (laughs) yeah um and that just feels really like i like them as a couple and i do not think it's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they're 
you know, seemingly committed to this marriage and it's not just fuck you i have to it's like no i actually you know i don't want to be in a horrible marriage and i want to like try to reassure him and that's awesome yeah that's nice and how is alistair such like a weirdly good influence on her after being such a huge douchebag (laughs) (laughs) um just don't get it mysteries Uh, of life yeah so rose is like yeah i'm trying to like lay some groundwork for the future and like Part of that is, you know, me being better with you. And Blake's like, I don't have a future. Like, <laughs> um, and Blake, you know, Blake has changed and transformed a shit ton. He keeps transcending boundaries. And so, you know, there's a chance that by the end of tonight, he will have lost the things that remain that make him Blake. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't know if he can stop. Um, He's, you know, just having a really hard time imagining the life that he wants of flying and hanging out with evan and green eyes like actually coming true Mm -hmm. um and because he's blake and he always pays his debts he is aware of some of the things he's obligated to namely or the witch of the drains and the abyss yeah um and rose interprets this as like i've been so afraid of you taking over my life and you don't even give a fuck like whether you take it over or not or something (laughs) it's like like, no i i care and i want to live um and yeah i just i don't want to be the type of person who wins that fight um yeah which is like really beautiful and great and upsetting um rose is afraid of how much blake cares and feels and wants because she doesn't have that um and she thinks that blake will destroy himself to destroy her so the only person, like, either they both lose or she wins is, like, what she envisions from their yeah. faded horribleness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all just upsetting. Um, but, you know, he's like, I don't want to be a monster. I don't want to become what I'd have to to win our fight. So as long as, like, you and Alistair don't do anything really shitty, like you can you can win like i i give up like we'll get through this and i guess you can stab me with a hyena like <laughs> unclear unclear <laughs> uh he just like like you probably have to use the hyena to kill me or whatever um mm-hmm. but like you know you need to look after the others meaning evan and the friends i guess you need to deal with or and put a flower on this chick's grave mm-hmm. on your honeymoon in wisconsin <laughs> and um i'll deal with the abyss no worries uh and it's just like a sweet and upsetting moment and the moment it's kind of like wow this is so like this is such a big sacrifice and this is really upsetting but also like so great that blake is this good of a person yeah he's like rose fucking hates you and is the worst and is manipulating you and like she cut you down when you needed to be strong and like she like lied to you she didn't take the oath so that she could lie to you like and all those things are really true and Mm -hmm. he still pushes through it um and i'm wondering if this is an example of like when the high priestess as the left hand or whatever could be bad right like he's Mm. not listening to these instincts and i it feels like a good thing that he's being the better person and the bigger person Mm -hmm. and trying to go through with this yeah but yeah it's not a very clearly defined deal or situation or anything 
Um, Rose doesn't want to push it. Blake doesn't really want to think about it. So we're going to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, the best and most heartwarming and upsetting part of the chapter happened. <laughs> most upsetting. It just, it's upsetting because it's so great and there's no way, like, I don't see a world where Rose and Alistair, like, are married and Blake is, like, hanging out and they all just, you know, like, live a nice life where he, you know, visits for the major holidays and, like, I just, but it's so good because Rose wants to ask for one more thing. <laughs> Can we please not call him Russell? And it's just like, I kind of expected her to say that. And it's so good. And it's so funny. And, you know, it just like, it really breaks the tension. And like, mm-hmm. they're, they're like teasing each other. Like they feel like, you know, they feel like siblings. They feel like twins, um, giving each other a hard time and just being like, you know, like Ross, Russ, Rusty. And she's like, fuck. Like, <laughs> and it's really good. And mm-hmm. I love it. Um, and it sucks that she doesn't remember human Blake, like, yeah. And again, it's, it's just, it's interesting that this is her only knowing monster Blake and like not remembering all the times he really tried to be good to her. Um, and this is like kind of the best she's been with him is yeah. Again, interesting. Like Mm -hmm. she's, I love Rose and I hate everything. Yeah. Blake deserves a lot better in terms of everything, but Yeah good that he's so good and then he sees her smiling and he's like oh she's smirking like that fucking bitch she got one over on me but then realizes that she's like kind of crying and that you know she just feels so relieved Mm because she doesn't have to like try to engage in this battle with this like scary tree monster that whatever um and i think that's fair that she feels that way i do too but it also sucks that yeah and then Blake comes to a very important realization which is that we can't fucking tell green eyes oh my god green eyes is gonna murder her like what are we gonna do green eyes is not gonna take that well she's not going to take it like i i can't imagine her and maybe she will like maybe she'll be able to accept like okay blake wants this but i have a hard time imagining her accepting that uh that's very fair um mara is interrogated with the forest working as a lie detector and she still somehow does not notice that her house is burning down (laughs) yeah i i thought it was interesting she's so like in touch with everything in this area i was surprised she didn't know the moment i mean presumably she doesn't realize her house is burning down she's like let me live here by myself in my house and they're like um and this was intense and especially you know being relatively well versed in the other verse having blake start off by saying you're going to break your word like well now one of them is right like it's just such an intense uh sentence you know either blake is wrong i guess or she is but it's just so hardcore um basically like you're gonna forswear yourself and maybe we'll let you live here until you die and whatever (laughs) and she's like no but like if i tell you that like there's one small piece of knowledge that will help you all and tiff's like we don't negotiate with terrorists and everyone's like yeah (laughs) and she's like okay i can give you power and they're like no no you're done um and yeah so first she's like 
I did everything. And the forest starts to fall apart. And they're like, oh, that means she's lying. She's losing her hold on this place. And then Laird is inhabited by a demon or something. (laughs) And Blake's like, huh, it's weird that she's so connected that she would know that that's even like a thing that would bother people. And I'm like, wait, do other people know that Laird like fucks with demons kind of? Because like one of his family members was really relieved, but I didn't think that anyone other than Alistair knew. Yeah. This point. But whatever, we move past that real I mean, fast. I mean, I guess to be fair, it would be a relief to know that like <laughs> that was a lie. it was a lie, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because it's either going to be a relief or like, oh, shit. We're like, uh. And then she's like, Rose Thorburn did everything. And, you know, and then they're like, no, fucking tell us who's sinking Jacob's bell. And she's like, Johannes. And I'm like, wait, we already knew that, right? Um, I'm not satisfied that Johannes is behind it all along. Mwahaha. Um, because like we already learned four chapters ago that Johannes is literally trying to sink James Bell. Um, so I don't feel satisfied, but I am hype about Johannes. Um mm-hmm. so apparently you need to get to Hillsglade House, but you won't get there in time. Ha 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 ha. Um <laughs> bummer. It's a bummer. It's cause the demon, right? The demon under the house. It's gonna that, get out. <laughs> That's the only reason get why Johannes Like, why does Johannes need to go there? The Hillsglade House is a linchpin that something. The swamp? The I don't know, man. It's like there's Barbatorum, there's the demon under the house. It's That's a fucked it. up place, man. <laughs> I just don't know why else they'd need to get back there. Well, um, we're gonna talk about how this compares to Pale. Our pale in comparison section. <laughs> um the Kenneteers never made anyone forswear themselves, did they? <laughs> no. But they have interrogated people. They have interrogated people in circles. Um, yeah, I guess thinking about like Edith's interrogation, this is just a lot more like, I will fuck you up, no mercy. Whereas mm-hmm. Edith was like, we are trying to be as fair as we can mm-hmm. while still not letting you run around and destroy us all. That's um, right. And hey, there's fire involved for both of them. Yeah. And... <laughs> uh i was trying to make some sort and of spirits between yeah <laughs> yeah totally um they both kind of live in a foresty area right so kind of live in a foresty area totally totally um i guess the conversation between blake and rose sort of reminds me of the Kenneteers thinking about like like writing those letters like hi in case i die letters um thinking about the future making decisions about that although they're not in an epic quest to murder each other or whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about your bold and specific prediction for this week. Woo! Um, I don't know if I'm completely bought on it, but I thought about it and I got really upset. Um, like in a heist movie, you have to learn what the plan is because it's not going to go that way, right? Like it's fun to like see the plan and then see how it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, or you like learn the entire complete plan late you know like oceans 11 style or whatever um but like whenever an author is like this is the plan like you know that's not gonna happen yeah um and so this isn't like a very clear defined laid out plan but it is okay blake's gonna die and rose is gonna live and marry alistair and live happily ever after um and so presumably that's not going to happen and while i kind of do want the prologue where Rose and Alistair, prologue, epilogue, where Rose and Alistair, like, put a flower 
on Zoe Altara, whatever her name was, grave in Wisconsin on their honeymoon. Um, it doesn't feel like we're going there. Um, so a thing I thought would be interesting is if Rose dies, uh, is killed during this conflict, and Blake has to fix the Barbatorum binding. Oh. Because, um, like, I don't know if Barbatorum's, like, we have to deal with Barbatorum. I don't know if he's going to, like, get out necessarily, because it seems like that would do some sort of, like, unspeakable irreversible damage to this town and everyone involved yeah and i don't feel confident that that's where we're going okay but we do have to have barbatorum more as a thing and i think it would be interesting for rose to like you know be killed by johannes or like you know something or like conquest god is conquest gonna take over rose and then eat barbatorum and become a demon lord i mean you could make that as your so so it's either that or <laughs> rose is gonna die and blake's gonna have to fix it okay all right well i like it Ooh. that's great thank you malia last week's discussion question was recommend a piece of media that sounds really boring but is actually really cool so we got some good answers for this um we'll start with hobo demon um saying silly answer um there's a movie about a guy who hates his job and stops trying to pretend he cares totally boring because it's just the reality of having a job called office space <laughs> that's true <laughs> um so the silly or i'm sorry a serious answer um there's an anime called vinland saga um they've never read the manga but the first season was about this orphan being a child soldier in the years just before england's, england's rule under the danish king can canute um second season is all about farming <laughs> all about farming and apparently it's great uh it's fucking great so the child soldier is dealing with the trauma of his experiences and failures and the fact that he's now a slave farmer who isn't good at anything worth doing and it's really nailing the vibes of aimless insecurity that capitalism inevitably pounds into the honest worker as they are alienated from the value of their labor damn damn um captain rhino recommends the lego movie um i mean maybe those aren't necessarily recommendations but they kind of are um because from a spoiler free plot synopsis you might think that the lego movie is a generic hero's journey story solely designed to sell plastic toys to children but it's also but, designed to sell plastic toys to adults yeah because it's fucking great and the song slaps slap they all they're all great and uh it's a entertaining charming heartwarming self-aware movie complete with a surprising twist um definitely recommend uh and then they also talk about papers please which That's is a, great a game. bureaucracy simulator video game where you're stuck in a customs booth checking passports of people entering your country i i haven't played it yet but i want to say isn't it like a soviet country or something yeah i mean it's a fake country but yeah it's like it's supposed to be it gives those vibes yeah okay and then but it somehow manages to tell compelling stories and has um moral dilemmas and conundrums um where you have to make hard decisions about who to let in mm -hmm. uh, and apparently they made a short film from it oh that's cool i didn't realize that yeah next beleg tall um that honestly i feel like i'm gonna have to start listening to this podcast um so said, this is a perfect discussion answer it's a bbc podcast called the boring talks um which i just pronounced that word the boring talks <laughs> um do you know how to categorize a cornflake 
why the NATO phonetic alphabet was created or what weight a wooden pallet can carry? If the answer is no, you need to listen to the Boring Talks podcast. Each quick talk is packed with facts so strange and niche, they probably won't help you win a pub quiz, woo a new love, or impress guests at a dinner party, but you might just find them oddly interesting. Yeah, that feels That's like, pretty fun. That sounds pretty fun. That's like straight up, I could I, just listen to that and just steal it. Steal, <laughs> steal all the steal fun facts. facts. <laughs> steal all the fun facts. Be a lot easier than my random research I have to do before. <laughs> um, Stuck in Reddit Factory recommends Unpacking, which is a short game um, on most platforms. It's kind of a like puzzle game. Um, the puzzles are the character just moved and I need to unpack their moving boxes into their new home. Um, so you unpack this person's whole life at eight different points in their life. Um, and you get to know and bond with this person that you never meet um the puzzles aren't too hard the sound effects are really satisfying and it's absurdly soothing and transformative experience for such a boring concept it's kind of interesting that like some games like that can be so fun while the real thing sucks so bad Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. having to unpack i mean i don't know maybe some people like it but like to, to a certain degree it's neat but it's also just like crap i have to figure out where to put all this stuff <laughs> <laughs> all right so elliot actually answered and he said um his to go answer is always the good wife for this type of question the title makes it sound boring as hell but it's by far the classiest and best produced legal drama of all time the characters are all fascinating including the titular wife alicia who's far more interesting than the title suggests the weekly cases are always bangers and overarching plots drape over them perfectly. I really need to watch that. Uh, I feel like I've heard it's good, yeah. Yeah, I've yeah, I've heard it recommended so many times. The first few times I heard it recommended, I thought it was like a doctor show. Um mm, like the midwife or something probably, or- yeah. <laughs> I think I got it mixed up with the um There is all a the midwife, midwife show, right? Yeah, called yeah. midwife. That's right. Um Spinagon says that two people discussing a long web serial two chapters per two hour episode sounds pretty boring but it's actually <laughs> really cool you should try it sometime <laughs> rude i know i'm like people I'll, I'll, every now and then i'll like bring up or like i'll just kind of make an off half like offhand comment at work or something about like oh yeah i'm gonna record my sister later and people are like oh you have a podcast what's it about and i'm like <laughs> well you really have to read this book first and we talk about it a lot and the people some people are like oh yeah i want to listen to it i'm like okay <laughs> no one's ever listened to it yet but <laughs> just like read the story first and then it's gonna make a lot more sense anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> um a sandwich which is a great name um recommends i believe three different things um so first one is a game called gone home um which i hadn't heard of before but i guess it's pretty popular um the premise is you're a college-age person in the 90s who's recently come back from a trip early so you go to your parents house and no one's there it's not horror not sci-fi or fantasy it's just you going through a house it's really really fucking good apparently um then there's another video game called Coffee Talk, where you're a barista at a coffee shop in an urban fantasy world. You're not going on any adventures. You're making drinks. The drinks are not hard to make. You don't make that many drinks, but it's highly recommended, <laughs> especially <laughs> for someone who's anxious and wants some nice lo-fi beats in a relaxed atmosphere, which that does sound pretty nice. Um, finally, this is very specific, season two, episode nine of The Chris Gethard Show. 
I could never get into the show. And this particular episode is just the audience trying to guess what's in a dumpster. It's the <laughs> dumbest possible premise, but they have Paul Shear and Jason Manzukas as guests, and the whole thing just explodes. Well, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, new discussion question. Um, I have a possible one. Okay. Um, that is kind of similar to last week's, but it does relate in a way um just because rose was talking about going to wisconsin on a honeymoon <laughs> i'm thinking like where <laughs> like name a place that does not sound like it'd be a good place to visit but it actually is a good place to visit yeah especially like like yeah like less i mean because presumably you're like go to paris because people are like paris is great um and so it'll be like expensive and busy but say like so i would almost say god there's so many um i would say go to central new york um Mm. i lived in syracuse for years i've mentioned on this podcast and especially well i mean i really loved it the whole time but um so i live near the finger lakes and um there's a bunch of cute little wineries all around there um ithaca has like really amazing waterfalls i've heard we actually never made it to ithaca that year um but if you go during fall, there's like you can go to those like apple orchards and the trees are like the most beautiful fucking thing. Um, there's this cute little town, uh, Scanny Atlas, that's really close to Syracuse and it's like on a lake. And in the winter, they do Charles Dickens things. Um, we never made it during one of those weekends either, but like people are dressed up in like Victorian clothes walking around saying Christmas things or something. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I would recommend okay. Central New York. It's a nice that sounds time. Sounds great. Um, shoot, I'm like, I really love going to Aberdeen in Scotland, but I don't think that that counts really for this discussion question. So what I'm going to say is Mesilla, New Mexico. Yes, because <laughs> I bet not very many people go there. And um, we used to go to Las Cruces, um, New Mexico, which is really really close um to Mesilla, um, because that's where my grandparents were from, and um. It's this Messiah is like just really, really cute, have really cute little shops, really good food. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, I don't think a lot of people necessarily go there, but uh, yeah, I think, I mean, we've always had a good time every time we've gone over there. Mm-hmm. Lots it's of good really shops, lots of good- beautiful mountains, um, kind mm-hmm. of in the distance, um, or that you, you drive through if you're driving from El Paso to Las Cruces. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. You can drive to White Sands. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, which, as the name suggests, is a bunch, a bunch of white, of white sand. sand. <laughs> <laughs> it's like white sand missile range, um, which you you don't go there to see missiles. Like people actually just it's, they're like really big mounds of like white sand that you uh, can bring like stuff to slide down, and mm-hmm. it's just really it's really neat. Um, lots of really good New Mexican food, which which is my t- favorite type of Mexican food. There are a lot of different types that are really good. Um, but yeah, grew up on the new Mexican green chilies. The Rio Grande Valley food is really growing on me. But yeah, new Mexican food, especially the southern New Mexican food. is <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Northern New Mexicans like the red chilies. Southern is like the green chilies. At least that's what we've always been told. And they're both good. But green chilies is where it's at. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and review. 
To support our podcast, go to patreon.com slash doofmedia. And if you'd like to support Wildbo as he continues to write fantastic stories, go to patreon.com slash Wildbo. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Pale Comparison or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Next episode, we will be covering chapters 14.9 and 14.10. This week's fun fact. In 2015, researchers testing the efficiency of mosquito repellents used Victoria's Secret perfume just because they thought the floral fragrance would attract mosquitoes. But to their surprise, they found it actually repels mosquitoes better than a range of mosquito deterrents. So if in doubt, get some Victoria's Secret perfume and take it on that camping trip. And uh, I mean, to be fair, I don't know if it's going to attract anything else. (laughs) So maybe, I don't know, maybe that's not a good way to test that. But take it to mosquito prone area. Forget your citronella candles. Just like put your Victoria's Secret perfume all over the place. (laughs) It sounds like the very definition of glamping. (laughs) You're right. That's funny uh all right well have a good week and we'll talk to you guys later all right Bye. bye